0: Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. <laughs> hey, guys. Nikki here with Dog Speaks. So glad that you're joining us this week. Uh, We have a special guest. We'll say special guest. She's been on before. But Amanda, welcome back. It's good to be back. Yes, you have been traveling quite a bit, uh, which has sucked because you've missed some fun times with us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but I got to go to the beach. No kidding. Um, It's not really fair. Uh, But you do make the most perfect person to talk about traveling with your dog. We've had a couple of listeners Email and have actually wondered about traveling with their dog. They've not had a lot of positivity traveling with their dog, um, both on the road. And I'm not sure if they've actually tried traveling through the air, something I would not want to do with my dog if I did not start as a puppy. <laughs> but um, so I thought, you know, what be a good time to put the podcast out about traveling with your pet and who better to do that than you because you don't stay home.
1: Try not to. i like to see the world.
0: See the world, so you travel by car quite a bit, but also you fly with Clark. And to remind everybody, Clark is uh, what fifty three pounds. He's sixty pounds and thirty two. Oh, he's tall. Thirty two inches tall, sixty pounds. Um, he's a tall dog. Yeah, to put that into perspective, the
1: average great female Great Dane is thirty to thirty four inches tall.
0: Holy crap. <laughs> I don't even think I realize that he's the same height as a, as a Great Dane. Yep. Wow. So luckily he is, he's skinny. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's really nicely com- compact, I guess is the right word. Yeah. So how, t- let's start with just, I think, because this might be some of our shorter conversation because I don't think many people are comfortable flying. Uh, you started flying with Clark when he was young, right? Be- eight weeks old. Okay. Tell, tell us what you kind of did to prepare for that and kind of what was your process going forward?
1: <clears throat> um, so his first flight was more of ignorance is bliss because I just was focused on getting him home. And so I got a carrier and I put him in. But before that, uh, I did prepare. I looked at the FAA laws and what all was required to fly with a pet. Um, They're pretty strict on that, and there is usually a pet fee required for any animal that's flying in a carrier, Um, and now laws have changed. So if it's a pet and no kind of service animal, they are going to have to pay the pet fee, and they're going to have to travel in a crate um, or like a little carrier. So best to check with each airline, and traveling with a puppy, it even – varies. So different airlines allow dogs at different ages to fly. So I knew when I was looking at bringing Clark home from Georgia, Delta did not allow dogs in the cabin in a crate until they're 10 weeks old, whereas Southwest allowed them at eight weeks old. So I chose Southwest to fly. And then they also have to be able to be small enough to be able to stand up and turn around in the crate. So basically, the FAA wants to make sure that the dog is comfortable and safe in that carrier and you're not shoving a 45-pound dog in a tiny
0: carrier. Let's be real. Our listeners, some of you have thought about that. Don't even lie.
1: (laughs) Um, They're supposed to be in the carrier during the airport, too, which... I think makes sense. Like if you're carrying them through the airport, just to be mindful of service animals that may be traveling with their people. Um, Little dogs are more likely to bark and cause a ruckus, but (laughs) you don't say, um, but yeah. So just to be mindful of that, if you're traveling with your pet, um, Take them to the pet relief area if you think they need to stretch their legs. Don't let them walk in the airport because that can be disruptive to a service team. Um, And then, so after I looked up all those laws, I booked my flight, checked in, and flew to Georgia. Picked him up, let him potty, and made sure he fit in the crate, which he did. I was worried about that because I didn't know how big he would be. He was eight weeks old and 12 pounds, so... He was a big boy. Um, But looking back to be more prepared, I would have gone to my vet and asked for Serenia. Because if your dog gets the poops or vomits on the plane, that's no fun for anyone. So it's always good to have something on hand. And now I do always travel with that just in my bag. You can get it from your vet. Um, it's for motion sickness or an anti-vomiting medication. So that just kind of is a peace of mind that if something does happen, at least you have backup there to treat your dog and not just let them be sick because that's miserable. And then I put him in a crate, let him potty before we got on the plane and, That was it. I didn't even think of motion sickness, which I should have because it's super common in dogs. Um, And even if they don't get car sick, they might get air sick just like humans can. So be mindful of that. I usually don't let him eat or drink anything two hours prior. Make sure he goes potty, both jobs before going to the airport. And then... Just go from there. As far as TSA goes, uh the little dogs have to be carried through. So that is one time that they come out of the carrier. The carrier has to go through the scanner and
0: then you carry your dog through the metal detector. I think it would be fun to put the dog through the scanner. <laughs> be like, excuse me, TSA officer, what breed is my dog? What do you see there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> it's Is it real? October was a long month. I'm, I'm a little um, slap happy, I guess. I don't know. I'm so tired. (laughs) Um, I know that, I know that when we travel, I've gotten more comfortable uh, just because I've gotten back to traveling more. TSA and going through security is very stressful for people. Yes. And I can only imagine having a dog as well and, and, having all those items that you need and knowing if you've got the right items and the wrong items. What are some of the top essentials other than the motion sickness medicine, which we'll talk a little bit more about when we get to car travel? Um, because I do have a lot of clients who have dogs that get car sickness. What are some of the top essentials that you would tell people to make sure you have on hand that will, can get through security that you might need trying to get from point A to point B? So number
1: one, I would suggest for anyone, whether you have a pet or not, but especially if you're flying with a pet is TSA pre-check. It helps with just the logistics of things. You don't have to take light jackets off. You don't have to take your shoes off. Um, it's a little bit shorter line usually too. Um, but if you can go to your local background check area and get TSA pre-check certified, that's a big stress reliever for me at least. Um, as far as in the carry-on, I always keep a variety of treats that I know won't make him sick. Um, if you're if you have a kibble-fed dog, have kibble with you, at least one to two days worth. And then if you're checking a bag, you can check the rest of the food in the check bag. Um, but you never know if the check bag's going to arrive, so that's why I say I always keep mm. a couple, a day or two extra food in the carry-on. If your dog is fresh fed, so like Clark, he gets fresh food. I home make his food. Um, I meal prep for him a day or two before we leave and put his food into serving size Ziploc bags. So one serving per bag. And then I freeze it. And as long as the food is completely frozen, it goes through TSA. Again, to make things easier, I put it in its own like little... You know, those cooler bags you can take to the store that are soft, fold down really easily. Yep. I put all his food in that bag. And then once we get through security, I put that bag in my carry-on just for convenience. Um, But the TSA agent will want to check it because it looks like a bunch of bricks going through. So (laughs) they just look through. They're like, what is this? And it's frozen dog food. Yep. It's all frozen. All right. You're good. Um, So that's pretty easy.
0: I always bring... I had no idea. I had no idea you could take the frozen food through there. Frozen anything. So technically you can frozen anything. You can freeze a bottle of water
1: and then you don't have to buy it. So that's another money saving tip. Uh, Seriously. Oh, yeah. As long as it's frozen.
0: I had no idea. These are the things that see people, what you learn on our podcast. It's It's not just about dogs. Life tips, money hacks. That's right, like tips and money hacks.
1: Um, I also keep poop bags and paper towels and then a little collapsible water bowl. So you never know, like your dog, you should know your dog's schedule well enough to know if they poop these times, then they won't have to go in the airport. But people are pretty understanding knowing that accidents do happen. And if you're prepared to clean it up, then that's a lot more respectable than if it just happens and you're totally unprepared. So I like to keep that stuff on hand. And then a bone. Clark's not much of a bone chewer, but a lot of dogs do, and it helps decrease stress. Um, so I like to keep a bone on hand just in case.
0: I know that people are like, yeah, but you've been flying with your dog, you know, since he was eight weeks old. Um, what, what did you do after you brought him home? What did you do to prepare him to fly again until you f- went to fly again? Or did you do like we're on video. Y'all can't see this, but the look on her face. It's like, why well, I didn't do shit. I don't know. I just did it.
1: <laughs> My answer is not the right answer. And I wish I would have known, which is why we're talking today so that people
0: absolutely don't
1: have to be ignorant like I was. And <laughs> thankfully I was blessed with a dog that does not get sick, does not have issues and was easy to fly with. But, um, would I do it the same way again with another dog? No. So, um, <laughs> I would say if your dog gets car sick, I probably wouldn't fly with them. It's not really fair to the dog. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit about knowing your dog's limits. Travel may not be for your dog, and that's okay. Um, If it gets sick in the car, if it's panting, if if it doesn't get sick in the car and you do decide, okay, well, we'll take it on a flight, and the dog is just panting excessively, whining, like clearly not enjoying itself, then it maybe might be the first and last flight you take with the dog, just or trip you take with the dog for the dog's sake. Um, so you have to know, like, you know, is the dog truly enjoying this or would it have more fun playing with friends at
0: a camp, you know? So Yeah. Um I mean, it's like people. Not everybody loves to travel.
1: Exactly. And right, so, they're
0: homebodies or there are people that would rather do a Um, you know, a two hour car ride trip, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to do anything over six hours or they don't ever want to get on a flight, you know, or they don't want to go out of the country. It's just not their thing. Yeah. Um, so we have to, to know if our dogs actually even enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Um, so I took a lot of car rides because my parents live in Illinois. Clark heard me say car ride and was like, what? Aww." um, My parents live in Illinois, so that's about a seven-hour car ride. So we did a lot of car rides when he was little, and I knew he was great with them. He's a really good traveler. He just sleeps. Once the car or plane starts moving, he lays down. Um, So I was pretty confident in his ability to travel. But then due to his size, I did extensive training with you. And made sure that he was reliable in busy situations, because you just never know like even when he was a six month old puppy, I flew with him. um, I think that was our first flight after the eight week old flight. He was about
0: six. I really months- hope you had I hope you had the drink package. <laughs> unfortunately, I did not six months old with a puppy on a flight, come on. Having to go. And at that,
1: at that time he was a little bit too big for me to carry through or I was took taken, I was taken <laughs> a little <laughs> bit off guard. Um, when TSA wanted him to go through without a leash on, but I just trusted in our training and knew that he had been through the off leash class that you offer at least once, maybe twice by that age. um, and I just had the high value high treat in my hand and he knew to sit, stay. And then when I walked through and called him, then he came. So that one was probably the mo- most nerve wracking experience. But now that I know he can do it, um, even just last weekend, there was another service dog puppy in training that was very distracted by him. But he was <laughs> ready for that treat.
0: <laughs> So he's like, I deal with service dog puppies all the time. You're nothing little dog.
1: Like, Watch and learn. Watch. That's him. right.
0: Let me teach you something.
1: Um. Yeah. So I knew he was a good traveler. I knew he was also adaptable. That's the other thing. If your dog doesn't do well with change, some dogs, like you change the hour that they're fed and there you have diarrhea for a week. Like, so if your dog yeah. is one that doesn't do change well, I don't think they would travel well, but with my lifestyle like only knew change. So like I got him, he lived with me in Nashville for a week. Then it was the holidays. So we went to Illinois for a <laughs> week back to Nashville for a week. And then I started grad school again. So he got into a third schedule by week four of having him. Um, and then moving with my clinical rotations, he just knew he had to adapt wherever he went. So he does pretty well. Um, just being adaptable and going with the flow and being by my side. So I would say you know, that's
0: how that's how my working dogs were. When I got them as puppies, we started hitting seminars and driving and and it was just no big deal. And they really adapted well. But Brittany and I were talking, We, you know, Isabella is a good road tripper. But I don't think we could ever or want to ever <laughs> try to get her through the airport. And, and put her on a plane. And it's not because she's not a good girl, but being a, the herding breed that she is, <laughs> that is a lot of change. That's a lot of chaos. That's a, that's a lot of chaos for humans. Yeah. Right. So expect your dog to think that you can train your dog to do that. Is I, I don't want people thinking that you can just train your dog to do anything. I, I mean, it's right. It's about the welfare of the dog and are they capable Um you know, do they have the foundational skills that they need? Mm -hmm. Because I think Isabella would be an absolute train wreck. (laughs) Not even mention trying to get her to lay down on the floor in a small spot between my legs. Yeah. Um, And that's, I want to know, how did you teach Clark to curl up in such a small little spot on a plane? He naturally
1: because of his breed prefers to sleep spread out, but he has learned, I think it's because he was crate trained. Um, and when he was in his crate, he didn't have like as a little puppy, I didn't give him enough room to spread out because I didn't want him to pee in the crate while I was gone at school for four hours. Um So he learned to not only hold his pee, but also curl up. So he will, even though he's, a large dog, it's all legs. So he folds his legs in and he's the size of a golden retriever, small lab. So it, he he's good at making himself small. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think there's something to be said about starting young as a puppy. If you think traveling is part of your life and you have the ability to get a puppy, not to say that every puppy's gonna adapt well, but I think it would benefit instead of waiting until your dog is two and then being like, "Okay, we trained it. Now it's time to fly." Because your dog, if your dog's never experienced that physiological stress um, in the developmental age, it may not be great to experience that for the first time at two. Um, right so he just I really think part of it is that he was just used to getting up and going and listening to the one of the last podcasts you did with Brittany about the period of acclimation like when you get out of the car let them sniff around Um, that's another thing that I just didn't do as a first time dog I was I had well I had the attitude of all right we just We got to go like this is how (laughs) our life is going to roll. We don't have time to mess around. We're going from point A to point B and we're not stopping at C in between. So um, hard ass. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of wish I would have done that for him, but I do allow him kind of as Brittany said, like unintentionally let him do that. Like, as he's attached to the waist lease and I'm getting my suitcase out of the car, he's smelling the airport around us. And then we go. So even though I feel like I'm not giving him acclimation, I think he just acclimates faster just because of who he is. I think he was just born that way. Whereas more dog, other dogs may need five minutes to acclimate. He may need 15 seconds. And sometimes if it's really distracting, he may need five minutes, but it just all kind of depends on what he's used to.
0: Well, I think that you've put him in so many different environments that he's learned to acclimate faster because it's just a part of life where when people limit what they do with their dog, it is going to take them longer to acclimate because they haven't had enough practice and they haven't had the different variety of environments to acclimate to. And that's why I tell people, look... If you just go go to the end of your street and just sit and acclimate, go and sit in a parking lot and let your dog acclimate to that environment, go sit in front of the pet store, go sit at the park, go sit um, in a restaurant parking lot, anything just to let your dog acclimate to different environments, they'll get that practice and they'll learn to acclimate faster Mm -hmm. because it's something they're comfortable and used to instead of waiting to really need them to do something. And then you're like, "Oh, I hope you're good when we go to the vet." <laughs> no, probably not. No. You know, um, you know, a couple of things that I was thinking of practicing on getting these dogs to kind of curl up. Um, we do with our service dogs. We do tuck. Uh, typically, we capture that behavior because a lot of dogs will tuck when they sleep. Uh, but a couple of ways I think you could practice that is you could you could put a chair. Uh, not too far away from the wall, sit down and have your dog sit in front of you and and lay down in front of you in that chair. And another good place to practice would be uh, use like the floorboard of your car. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably give you as close to what the airplane mode is going to be.
1: Yeah. And the floorboard, and I, know be- I do know the floorboard of the passenger seat, um, that may not always be open if you have someone driving with you, but the floorboard of the passenger seat is usually bigger than the back seat, but also it's one of the safest place for the dog to curl up because if the airbag goes off, it's not going to crush them. And typically yeah. if you look at like most even head on collisions, the car is designed in a way that the floorboard is usually intact. So it's one of the safer places for a dog to be. If you can get your dog to stay down
0: there. <laughs> That's the catch. I'd say practice that floorboard when you're not moving. Yes, and then <laughs> then throw a seatbelt on them and put them in the back seat for the rest. Yeah, but even but even getting used to kind of that movement um, elevators. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to get your dog comfortable um, with just that movement mm-hmm. of up and down. It's not going to do much as far as the ears popping and the pressure. Yeah, so you don't you don't use any type of headphones or earmuffs or anything like that for him no i don't it's it's not that loud and he doesn't
1: seem to mind it um i do want to say another thing is if your dog has a flattened snout like we're talking like french bulldog pugs shih tzus it's not safe for them to fly um their sinuses are so condensed that they can explode um So as scary as that sounds, it's legit. And it's something like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I heard I can fly with my dog and have a French bulldog. And then like, why'd my dog die? Well, they literally could not breathe. So a lot of airlines don't allow breeds like that to fly, but some of them do. And some, I saw a French bulldog in the airport this past weekend and I was like, oh dear God, please let that dog survive. Um, But just something to be aware of, like Google, yeah. if you're not sure about this, your, your dog's snout, then Google it or ask your vet if you if they think it's safe.
0: So that's it. Yeah, that didn't, but, I didn't even think about that. My eyes are like really big right now. I'm like, wow, you don't see heavy eyelids on me right this second. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I didn't even think the dog's going to explode. I watched too many horror movies. So. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, yesterday was the worst day of my year. 'Cause it was November first, which was meaning that Halloween was over. So I'm still in depression. <laughs> I <laughs> listened to Christmas it. music today. So Okay. Don't seriously listening to Christmas music on November. You're no longer my friend. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with you. We're cutting this podcast short. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, all right. So with flying, I know a lot of people are like, Oh my god, I'll never fly with my dog. Um, and you might not, and that's okay. Yep. Um, because we do need to make sure our dog likes it, but we need to prepare the dog for it. Um and obviously your dog needs to have impeccable manners. Yes. Um, and not reactivity, not barking at others, um, not lunging at dogs or people. Um, just because you can put them in a crate, if they're reactive, putting them in a crate's not gonna change that reactivity. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Um and Again, you know, always yeah.
1: I was gonna say on the line of crate reactivity, um, Make sure you have a period of acclimation to the airplane carrier, uh, just like you would acclimate to a muzzle uh, weeks before going on the plane. Just try to get your dog to investigate it. Hopefully they'll hop in it, put some treats in it, um, because you don't want the first time they get shoved in a tiny crate to be the time that they go through the stress of being on a plane.
0: And let's be real, most humans are stressed on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. And and we know what's happening and we're choosing this, right? We're, we're making the choice to say, I want to fly to the beach. So I'm going to pay for this and I'm going to get up early and I'm going to go deal with all the assholes at the airport and I'm going to take a chance of getting patted down. Um, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go through all this headache. I choose that. Um, you know, but our dogs don't and, um, and not just dogs. Um, I had, Uh, Who was it? I was talking to one of my clients the other day. Um, Oh, they had uh, gotten the dog and they flew home with the dog, I believe. And there were the seat behind them held two birds, like two little cockatiels or something. So the dog's like, holy shit, none of my, I'm only doing what's flying, but what the fuck are birds doing way up here? Right. (laughs) What is, what is happening? Can can y'all hear them outside the plane? Right. (laughs) They're not supposed to be this high. Um, Yeah, I dropped the F-bomb right there. I'll put explicit on this episode. Um, (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) along those lines, too, I had no idea that the airport was so festive. I sent you that video this weekend. I walked up to the Southwest counter, and there's a giant witch, like a Halloween statue witch, my height, scary-looking I'm glad it didn't move because that would have freaked me out. Um, <laughs> but Clark didn't mind, but again, he was around so many things. Just go to Home Depot around the holidays. Yes. And see how your dog reacts around those because you never know where decorations and weird items are gonna pop up. Like people take weird stuff on they'll buy a seat for something like that on the plane. People are weird. Make sure your dog is acclimated to weird. Uh, you just, you never know.
0: The episode of the, the title of this episode, traveling with your pet and weird people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right because you don't, you never know what you're going to see. So mm-hmm. truly just, I mean, you've got to make sure that you're getting your dog out and really working them with their manners and acclimation and just changing the environments and getting them used to dealing with all of that. Um, because you cannot train them for every scenario or situation you may get into, but giving them some solid foundation should help them learn how to process to figure out the best way to deal with whatever's happening in that moment. Right. Uh, so most of you are like, okay, never going to fly with my dog. Y'all freaked me out, but I will travel with my dog in the car. So I think that's the majority of what people do. They travel in the car with their dog. We're doing it at Thanksgiving. Uh, we're actually going out of town this year for Thanksgiving, which is I first time yeah. ever, I think, for me. Um, and we're going to take Isabella with us. And so we've traveled. I traveled, actually. We're going to North Carolina. And I did this with her when she was, I don't know, 10, 11 weeks old. Uh, we had just gotten her. And uh, Britt had to go home for a family emergency. And then I ended up coming up a few days later. So she traveled with me. And did fine, but she was a young puppy, which is very different because she slept most of the time. Right. Um, But what do you have? What are some of the things that you can help people kind of think about before they travel? So if they know they're going to be traveling in a couple of weeks or they're traveling for the holidays, Mm -hmm. what are some of the top um, kind of things people need to think about before they go travel with their dog or things that they need?
1: Um, Drive around the block. At least once a day with your dog and give them treats so that they know if the only time you take your dog to the vet is in the car and that's what they're used to, they're going to have just a chronic anxiety attack your whole drive to wherever you're going, thinking they're just going on a seven-hour drive to the vet. Um, (laughs) So there's that. If you are staying at a hotel call the hotel ahead and make sure they accept pets and figure out what their pet fee is so that you're not shocked when you arrive and be like, I didn't realize it was going to be $200 a night extra for my pet. But, um, or if they even allow pets, some hotels don't even allow pets.
0: Which is dumb. Yeah. Don't give them their money. Don't give them your money.
1: (laughs) So there's a lot of hotels out there that do allow pets. I know Home to Suites by Hilton allows them. Uh, Lowe's hotels usually allow them. Um,
0: and what would you say the best kind of, I would say that, that I would definitely call and request um, a room on the first floor mm-hmm. and a room away from the elevators and near one of the side entrances. Yeah, probably. Would that be, that'd be pretty convenient
1: if your dog's not used to it yeah i do the opposite of that i try to get a top floor by the elevator so that we <laughs> of course
0: <can> you do <laughs>
1: walk out well so that there's not a ton of noise around us um, and not everyone's walking so only the people living on the, on the top floor are going to come to the top floor versus everyone on the first floor is going to walk past the elevator. But I guess you know, you're, you're right. if you're at the end of the hallway, that's one thing. Um, but you might have a lot of extra background noise. However, that being said, if your dog's not used to walking a quarter of a mile before they pee in the morning, you might have a problem. Yes. So um, I mean, I even did staycations with Clark at, hotels downtown when he was young. So he got acclimated to look, you don't pee till we get outside no matter how long a walk it is. So he's used to that. So I knew he could do that. Um, But yeah. So again, knowing your dog in that scenario, as far as knowing its limits, how long can it walk before going potty in the morning? Um, You could try that, maybe take a different route. You know, if you usually let the dog out back first thing in the morning, Maybe put it on its leash, walk out the front door, go down two houses and then give a potty command um, if you think that's going to be something you run into and to just kind of figure out where your dog's at. And then that gives you a sense of security so that you don't wake up morning one with this sudden urge of anxiety of my dog might pee on our way out. You know, so also if your dog marks, put a belly band on it. Don't let your dog all over the hotel because you never know whose dog has peed all over the hotel before you were there. Um, But if you, if that's something you know your dog does in random places, even though if it never marks in your house, well that's its territory. If there's no other dogs that ever come around their house, they're not going to mark in your house. Um, But if that would make you feel more secure to put a a belly band or a diaper On your dog, there's disposable ones that are super easy to travel with. um,
0: In that sense, yeah, I would also we we want to we don't want to piss off the hotels (laughs) that are allowing us to bring dogs in,
1: right? And you don't want that fee and no. So, and I would also bring. There's a supplement by Dr. Harvey called Runs Be Done, and it's my favorite (laughs) thing ever. But
0: I do not. That's the story of my life. Runs be done. I don't run. Yep. Sorry, I get off track. But um, the later the night goes, the worse it gets.
1: It is. It's like a cure-all. It, if your dog has a bellyache, it'll fix it. If it has diarrhea, it'll fix it. Um, it's super easy to sprinkle on any type of food or just mix with warm water and they'll lick it up. Um, and can people just
0: get that on the internet or do they have to go through their vet? No, internet. You can get so it on Dr. Harvey's run be done. <laughs> yep. That's a fabulous name.
1: Yeah. And it's all natural. <laughs> so it's like pumpkin, apple pectin, calcium, clay, ginger. So it soothes the belly and
0: makes everything firm. Well, we know what clay does. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that shit's going to be firm. No yep. doubt. Going to be firm. No doubt. So, So let's talk about the travel portion of it. The car itself. Um, I'm a big believer in seatbelts and harnesses for seatbelts or crate. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you typically travel with? So if I have two dogs, Clark
1: is in his bed and the second dog is in the crate um, because I'm not going to risk having WrestleMania three in my (laughs) backseat. No kidding. Um, I also recently just purchased, it's called Popple, P-A-W-P-L-E, it's 40 bucks on Amazon and it turns your, uh, seat into like a cop car. So your dog can't get to you. Um, nice. So that's I know a-, a lot
0: of people course. complain of that. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people, Isabel is the worst. So we just make the seatbelt short to where she can't reach us. Yeah. But I like that you made it into a cop car. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the issue I had with the seatbelt with Clark is that his legs are so long, he would tangle himself up. And I was afraid he would just like amputate his leg. So yep, we once he got tall, the he, seatbelt just was too much for him. So the popple is the next best thing. Um, And that can also, it just hooks on the headrest. So you can either have it in the front. Or, if you want to put your dogs, if you have like an SUV and put it in the back, um, they can have the trunk area. Or if you have passengers in your middle seat, um, or if you have bucket seats that you don't want them in, um, it goes on either. So it's kind of a universal
0: thing, which is cool. It's expandable. Pawple, P A W P -p -p L E. Awesome. I'll try to link that. I'll try to put that in the show notes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so that works really well. I have a one of those dog seat hammocks in the car. Um, I'm gonna ask for a new one for Christmas that has a solid bottom, so he's not like. You hear that, mom, dad? Do y'all hear that?
0: <laughs> if you are listening it's, to this? It's on my
1: Amazon wish list. <laughs> it's on Amazon wish list. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that just protects the seats and gives him a place to lay. So then his bed, and I usually just throw a benny bone back there um again with knowing your dog and their schedule I know Clark could go the whole 7 hour drive without going potty but I let him I let him get out and stretch his legs when I stop for gas but again that's 4 hours in and then we're going cuz we just go we don't have time. We go <laughs> you just go and We don't
0: We don't when, have time for fun yeah,
1: even when he was 8 weeks old I'm like all right bud you get 3 stops on this trip so
0: um suck it up <laughs> so, i have to pee more often than that yeah so like i am the worst traveler because i drink so much water i'm like an hour i'm like i gotta pee and brit's like can you hold it because she's like i need to get there i know it's a nine-hour drive i need to get there in seven <laughs> Like this <laughs> is, <clears throat> but i have to go to the bathroom she's like i'm just gonna have... wear my own diaper yeah <laughs> Just pee in a cup or something. Um, Take a Xanax. Go to sleep. I'll wake you up when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> We're great traveling buddies.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, I know Clark can hold it pretty well. And when we flew out to Oregon last year, he unintentionally held it for nine hours because he just wouldn't go before we f- flew. So I was like, all right, bud, you're holding it till we get back. Bless him. And so he did. Um, good. so that's one of those scenarios where I found his limit, but yeah, know how often your dog needs to stop. I would also say if your dog is sick, do not travel with them. That's not fun for anyone involved. If they wake up mm-hmm. with raging diarrhea, maybe postpone your trip a day or wait till later in the day for them to normalize. Um, it's just a mess, but it's also not really fair for them to be
0: stressed out and pooping themselves. No, that's going to be miserable for everybody. Yeah. And so, the medication that you talked about earlier for motion sickness, if I'm correct on that medication, you can give it 30 minutes prior to travel. I believe that's so. all, right?
1: I think there's okay. a couple different ones you can ask your vet for. Um, there's one that's for anti vomiting. I don't know if Serenia is motion sickness or not. I, I feel know like you.
0: It is, it I was might, looking it up.
1: That might be the one, but then there's also an anti-diarrheal. Some dogs, when they get nervous, they just start pooping. So, like that one can, if your dog is known for that, and, or if your dog just gets so nervous, you can ask for a doggy Xanax. Like they, they do have sedatives and anti-anxiety medications for dogs. Um, so. You know, it might be worth it in that sense if you're going for a long weekend and you want your dog to be with you on Thanksgiving or Christmas. um, That might be appropriate scenario to drug them and get them there. Um, The reason I don't suggest that for traveling is that can really mess with their head with the pressure changes for air travel. Um, Dogs don't typically, it's not very healthy for them to be drugged during air travel because they can't normalize their sinuses and
0: all that if they're under the influence they're under the influence but car trips all day long yeah xanax baby Give them a xanax
1: uh, and get hit the road
0: yeah so making sure that you know when your dogs need to potty giving them ample opportunity to do so um, giving them something to do on the road trip, a bone, something of that nature. And if you do have multiple dogs, make sure you are keeping things safe. Because, you know, like Amanda said, we don't want to have, uh, you know, wrestling competition in the back seat because uh, that's dangerous for everybody. And making sure that your dog is secure and they're not able to try to jump in the front seat. Yep. Um, You trying to put your arm up and blocking, that's all very distracting with driving. And we all know that hol- uh, holiday driving is dangerous anyway. So you got to do everything to keep everyone safe. Now, let's think about what's our destination. So let's just take, for example, people going to to travel for Thanksgiving and going to families for Thanksgiving. Um, You know, not every dog is going to enjoy your family. Um, Your significant other may not even enjoy your family. Uh, But, you know, the dog doesn't have a choice if you're taking them. You've got to make sure that that's going to be the right environment for your dog and that you have good plans, that you know where the dog's going to be sleeping, you know where the dog's going to have quiet time, um, you know where the dog is going to have an opportunity to go potty or be left alone. These are all things you need to think about. The dog's not going to enjoy going and just entertaining um, or hanging out with all your family members the entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's important to know what, what does that destination look like and do you have emergency plans put in place. Do you know where the closest emergency vet clinic is? Do you know where the closest vet clinic is? Uh, you know, so it's, do you know where a, um, a pet store is that may carry your food just in case something happens? So really prepare yourself. Don't wait until you get in these situations to go, oh crap, I need to know this, this, and this Mm -hmm. kind of be prepared beforehand. So it's more than just getting your dog ready for the travel itself. It's about understanding that destination. Right. And do you have everything you need for that? You know, if you're taking your dog somewhere where you're going to want to walk them downtown because you're going to an old city and you're going to walk downtown, but it's really warm out. Do they have, you know, or do they wear booties to keep their feet okay? You know, are their feet safe on hot concrete um, or on sand? You went to the beach. Mm-hmm. Sand can be really hot. Uh, so you have to kind of be prepared and and recognize that. And then there are some beaches that don't even allow dogs. Right. Tybee Island is one of my favorite places to go. Um, they don't allow pets. So, you know, on the beach itself. So, you know, that's something we take in consideration, which is why we didn't take a dog the last time we went to Savannah. That and I needed a break. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's just understanding of... of Even though you may want your dog there, Amanda's right. Will the dog have more fun staying at home, getting to play with its friends, whether that's in a boarding or someone staying at your house or or whatever that case might be? Are you taking the dog because you really want the dog and it's kind of a selfish decision? Or do you really think your dog will enjoy going with you? I mean, I think Clark enjoys going everywhere, and I think he probably gets pissed when you leave him at home.
1: Oh, he's not happy when I board him.
0: Oh, bless him! It's so <laughs> pitiful. I,
1: but it's okay. <laughs> That's why he travels with me. I will say a disclaimer. Um, Clark is large, and he does fly as a service animal for my health conditions. Um, so a lot of large dogs are no longer allowed on planes. So if people are emailing in saying, "How the heck does she get that dog on a plane?" That is how he's. That is how a good boy. Um, he went through extensive training with myself as well as Nikki.
0: Um, but I don't want people thinking like, oh, I have this 80
1: pound lab I can fly
0: with. Uh, yeah. And so. and she's not talking therapy dogs, emotional support dogs. She's talking service dogs. That means they are they have a task. They have uh, at least a minimum of two tasks that they do to help the person um, deal. <laughs> we'll just say deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with. Um, so it, it's, you know, don't think, yeah, it's the smaller dogs. And I don't think there's necessarily a weight limit. It's probably just more of a size limit of fitting in that crate. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, check all the websites out. I, I think they're getting, a, I think, uh, airlines are doing a better job at putting the information out there.
1: Yeah. It's um, pretty, pretty clear now, um, as of 2021, even emotional support animals are no longer recognized, uh, through the FAA. Um, so usually the pet fees, if your dog's, again, if your dog's small, it's like $90 each way. That's if, if it's really worth it to take your pet, that's really not that much in the long run. I mean, to board Clark at the farm, it's $90 a day. So that's a deal.
0: Um, I pay $49 for one way. <laughs> I'm not even paying $90. Like I'm looking for these forty nine (laughs) dollar flights from Southwest. I'm like, oh, I can go to Savannah for hundred and seventy four dollars
1: round trip. See, I do that when I know he's not flying with me because I got to pay three times that just to board him.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's yes, exactly. (laughs) um,
1: And that, yeah. So um, just keep that in mind. Know your dog's limits. Be prepared. Read up a lot. Always, you know, email us if you have questions Um, and be mindful with the holidays coming up again. Uh, Watch your dog's body language around all the people and watch them if there's any food out. Um, A lot of holiday food is poisonous to dogs. So just be mindful. Yes.
0: And we may do another podcast episode just on that. Um, I usually do one every year around Thanksgiving. Uh, We may do it again. I don't know. Because, you know, just common sense, y'all. Common sense. I I, I know you want your dog to be a part of things, but sometimes it's just not appropriate. Especially if you've not set your dog up to be be prepared to deal with those things.
1: And a lot of COVID Uh, puppies are not for that because they haven't been... This may be the first time in almost two years that people are gathering again. So if you got a puppy and it hasn't been to a holiday gathering... You might want
0: to bring some Xanax for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, the big takeaway here is you got to train your dogs, guys. You got to teach them. You got to prepare them. You got to get them out and, and expose them to life, expose them to new things, um, and, and stop keeping them so sheltered. If you want them to be a part of your, your world, stop keeping them so sheltered. Don't keep them sheltered and then want to throw them into this busy, you know, craft fair downtown, right? Or people are like, oh, it's the the dog day, um, you know, is happening and there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of dogs. That's, and that's the yeah. one time a year you take your dog out and you right. think you're ta- and you, and then you call us going, I mean, he just lunged at every dog. He was being so aggressive around all the dogs, and he he wasn't being nice to people. Yeah, no shit. Because you you don't take <laughs> him out three hundred and sixty four days of the year, and the one time you take him out, you want to take him to some dog day event that has three hundred dogs and eight hundred people walking around. Right. Yeah. So let's let's just make sure that we're helping our dogs be successful. Um, and think about what you want from your dog. Before you get your dog, I'm in the process right now of trying to figure out what my next dog is going to be. I am really torn between getting another Rottweiler, which I said I was not going to do, and a small um, Cavaton, a Cavalier King Charles Coton (laughs) mix, okay, that I can put in a stroller (laughs) and that I can pay $90 to put on a plane. (laughs) <laughs> so amazing! I know, I know people are like, Nikki, please, I can't see you with a dog in a stroller. Um, look, I've grown. I am comfortable with myself. I think I can do this now. Um, I'm torn, but I'm thinking about what do I really want from my dog, my next dog? Because everyone that I've had in the past 20 years, I got them for the sole purpose of working them. They were my working dog. So that made it easy. Now I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to be getting a pet. What do I want this to look like? And, um, and honestly, a big part of me is moving towards a smaller dog because I do want the dog to be able to go more places with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I'm kind of moving a little bit because I know even though you, I, I train my dogs great and, and my Rotties have always been trained really well, it's easier to go sit on a patio with a smaller dog <laughs> than yeah. a large dog. Um, so I don't know. I I think it's important that people think about what do you really want from your dog? What kind of relationship, what does that look like? Um, and then go find your dog. Yeah.
1: What do you want to, what do you see your life looking like with a dog? Um, I know, I think this whole podcast kind of stemmed off of, I had multiple people come up to me at the airport and say, Oh, my dog could never fly with me. He'd be all over the plane. It's like, my response was, "Well, he has been trained for this since he was eight weeks old, so he's right. used to it." You know, I would never expect a dog that has never flown to act like Clark does on a plane because he's done this multiple times. You know, what are your expectations right. with your dog? If you want your dog to be able to go sit on a outdoor patio and drink a beer with you, start with them at eight weeks old in a stroller. Um, get yes. them used to just sitting and chilling and doing nothing from the time you get them. Um, You can train them like a working dog in the beginning because then they'll be amazing because you have the attitude of they're going to go with me. I'm going to train them to adapt. They're going to be exposed to all the things. And then they also have the benefit of being home while you work and you can take them out when you, when you go out and then they'll be able to chill wherever. So
0: Yeah, we started with Isabella early. We would take her in the stroller and we would go to to patios Mm -hmm. and we would sit and she was great. And when she got a little bit older, um, we would still go and she was great. But now as she has gotten a little bit older and a little more mature, we're learning more about her genetics in (laughs) that sometimes if it's too busy, that's too chaotic for her. Yeah, She's not comfortable. She may can sit there and chew on a bone, but you can see she's not really truly relaxed. Yeah. So it's picking and choosing what the right environment is for your dog. Uh, yeah. And be very mindful of that. And I think that's something that, you know, we need to explore more as we kind of move on with, with our episodes and just trying to think about things of saying, you know, how else can we present this to help people understand that, you know, just because you want your dog to do something doesn't mean it can. Hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean... It's really one of those things of, I want to play football. I feel like I have the ability to play football. I think I'd be a good quarterback, but it's not going to happen because let's be real. I'm not tall enough. Um, My hands are too small for the football. Uh, Nobody's going to want me. I'm 46 years old. You know, I mean, that's, that's 90 in football years just because I really want it. And I have the physical capabilities as far as I have two legs that work. I have two arms that work. I can, I can physically move. Doesn't mean I can actually accomplish that goal, no mm-hmm. matter how much I want it. And it does not make me less of a person. Uh, it makes me less of nothing. It just makes me not a football player. Yeah. So now, now I'm just an armchair quarterback. <laughs> right? exactly. So I, I scream at the TV. Um, but, you know, so keep that in mind, guys. It, it's not your dogs are not robots. Uh, yeah. Just because you really want them to do it, it doesn't mean they're going to, and, and it doesn't mean that you fail as a as a trainer or a teacher, or that they're a bad dog if they can't do that. All right. my dog can't go fly like Clark does. That doesn't make me a worse owner or a worse trainer. It just means that my dog doesn't do well flying. Neither does my wife. <laughs> right? So <laughs> my wife has Xanax and Bloody Marys. So it's you know. It, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but find what your dog is good at, and do that. Right? Yeah. Uh, Isabella and Brittany are off camping. Isabella is a rock star at camping. Dogs are barking at her, and she just sits there. She's like, whatever. Um, is that Clark talking?
1: He's he's mad that he's not getting his word. Okay. In.
0: He's so cute because I've been watching him. He's been going over to your door. And he's been going up there and like touching the knob. (laughs) And he's like, woman, I I, I have had my lickety mat. I am ready. I need to go out. He's a good boy. I hope y'all can hear him grumble a little bit. That's so cute. All right, Clark, we're going to wrap this up. Amanda, thanks for joining me tonight um, and talking this. um, And I hope that you come up with some more things that you want to talk about. Because I love having you on here. And I know our listeners love having you on here. So, um... You know, let's do this again real soon because uh, yeah. uh, I'm I'm not really sure what our episodes are going to look like this this month. Um, <laughs> so I'll think uh, of some ideas. Yeah. Think of some ideas and, and we'll throw them out there and uh, we'll try to hopefully have one for you the week of Thanksgiving. Even though I'm going to be out of town, we'll try to we'll try to pre-record and get that set up. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for joining um, tonight and go take poor Clark out to chase his ball and potty. Blesses oh, he apart. doesn't have to
1: potty. He just wants to get his word in. And whenever I FaceTime, he thinks it's about me.
0: So. Well, it kind of was. <laughs> I mean, we can't blame him. It was about him. Let's be real. It is. Every so, time we've been on here, it's been about Clark, right? <laughs> so we love you, Clark. And we love all you guys. And we appreciate you being here. And we appreciate you listening. And um, we really do appreciate your support be sure that, um, share, share our episode, share our podcast. That's the best way that you can help us is share the podcast, get it out there. Um, our listeners, it has it really grown. Uh, but you know me, I want, I'd like to have more and it does. It sounds like a, it sounds like a demon. He sounds like a demon sure in my right. headphones. So I hope that y'all are hearing that. We'll just do that in honor of Halloween. All right. You guys have an amazing week. <laughs>